Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. Well, it was four months ago today that the UCLA Bruins and USC announced they were going to the Big Ten Conference. One of the first thoughts that I had was, what does Bill Walton think of this? If you're a subscriber at JohnCanzano.com, you know... Bill Walton wrote a poem today, or a manifesto, or a public statement, whatever you want to call it. I printed it, unedited. It reads a little like uh, a little like Hemingway, very conversational, but in no uncertain terms, is Bill Walton happy with UCLA? He's not happy. He just isn't. He's going to join us on the show today, here right off the top of the show to talk about his discomfort with what UCLA is doing. Bill Walton, who played for John Wooden. Bill Walton, who won multiple championships at UCLA. Who had the community at UCLA embrace him, put 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 their arms around Bill Walton. National Player of the Year three times. We've watched Bill Walton go from young college athlete to champion in the NCAA, to number one overall pick in the NBA, to NBA champion, to pro basketball Hall of Famer. And uh, now Bill Walton on broadcasts. Pac-12 fans are very familiar with him. You have watched him ascend from UCLA as a young student through the ranks to the NBA and then a life after the NBA where he has become a broadcaster and a Hall of Famer and a father and a husband, and, uh, you know, you know, is he the conscience of UCLA? I want you to ask yourself that. He's, he'll tell you he's not. But I hope the words of Bill Walton ring in the ears of the UCLA community and the UC regents as they go on November 15th, 16th, and 17th to decide the fate of UCLA as it pertains to the Pac-12 conference. Joining us now uh, from his home, Bill Walton, popping on the show right now. How are you, sir? John, I'm alive. Oh, my gosh. What a session we just had. I'm fired up. I want to thank you for healing me. I want to thank you for challenging me. I want to thank you for showing me the path forward. I want to thank you for making me, forcing me, challenging me to look inside myself and ask, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I here? And what is going to happen in the next few moments here on the Kanzano World Empire here? But (laughs) I have the privilege, the privilege of being on this show here. And that session that you and I just had with John Wilner uh, was something that I will never forget. I hope it was acceptable to you. I tried my best. I gave you everything I had. And I'm just uh, thrilled, honored, and privileged to be on your show today and to live in your shadow and to be 
in your universe. Well, thank you, Bill, and I appreciate you making time. And for people who want to listen to, uh, you know, Wilner and I pepper Bill Walton with some questions, the uh, Kanzano and Wilner podcast will be live here. You can catch it after this interview. But, Bill, let's let's drill down a little bit. You you issue uh, the statement. I published your statement today at johnconzano.com, and it was, uh, I think, greeted by a lot of enthusiasm from Pac-12 fans who, who probably all wondered, what is Bill Walton thinking? How many people on June 30th when the news broke, reached out and said, Bill, can I get a comment? Bill, like, I know I was guilty of that. Well, it was an endless list, and you and John Wilner were the very first because you guys are on this whole Pac-12 story on a constant basis. And it's not just UCLA and USC. It's everything Pac-12. And I'm a Pac-12 guy. I'm a team guy. I'm a loyal guy. I'm a grateful guy. And I am so appreciative of the work that you and John Wilner do on a constant basis. Now, when you start, when you and John Wilner, now you have an H in your name, he does not. And, but it, I can't tell the different pronunciations. I can't tell you guys apart from the pronunciations. So if I call you Kanzano and Wilner, that's just going to have to be the way I differentiate here. But when you guys started calling me on the day of June 30th, I deliberately, purposefully did not make any public statements. And I have not until today. I've been writing, I've been researching, I've been reading, I've been studying, I've been trying to put all my thoughts together coherently. And while the list was endless and ongoing of people asking me what I think, what I feel, how I reacted to to UCLA's announcement that they are leaving the Pac-12, and going to the Big Ten, the day you released my public statement. And if you don't mind, I would like to read it right now because some people are in their cars and some yep. people cannot access where they can get the text. Is it all right if you, yes. you John, can you have the floor. read it right now? You, Bill Walton, okay. you have the floor, your statement uh, that was published today. Go ahead. UCLA's wrong turn. All progress requires change. Not all change is progress. I'm Bill Walton. I'm a California native, resident, engaged citizen, voter, and taxpayer. I'm a product of California's terrific public school systems. I'm a proud UCLA alum. I am not in favor of UCLA's recent announced decision to leave the Pac-12 Conference of Champions, nor their desire to join the Big Ten. I don't like this attempted move. I don't support it. I hope it does not happen. UCLA is a public school that is supposed to serve the interests of the state of California. UCLA is one of the world's greatest schools and brands. UCLA represents the best of what life has been and can, could, and should be. UCLA has been as great and as important a part of my life as anything ever I don't believe that joining the Big Ten is in the best interest of UCLA, its students, its athletes, its alumni, its fans, the rest of the UC system, the state of California, or the world at large. Some of the many reasons why I am opposed to UCLA's attempted move to the Big Ten are, in no particular order, the negative impact on the health, both physical and mental, of UCLA's student-athletes. 
the exponential increase in travel on UCLA student-athletes will hurt them physically and mentally and in their overall lives. The negative impact of the excessive travel will extend to families, friends, fans, alumni, and everyone else. The increased cost of joining the Big Ten will negate the projected increased revenue assumptions of this proposed move. This proposed move to the Big Ten is contrary to UCLA's and the entire UC system's stated and professed environmental sustainability goals. This proposed move to the Big Ten has serious negative implications and ramifications for the University of California, Berkeley, and flies in the face of the supposed team concept that has always been a part of the California dream, plan, and business model. This proposed move to the Big Ten is all about football and money. What about all the other 24 sports and 600-plus student-athletes at UCLA who are responsible for 99-plus percent of UCLA's national championships? How many of these others are represented and willing participants in this proposed deal? I went to UCLA gladly, willingly, and proudly. It was my dream. That dream never included the Big Ten. I have spoken to no one other than the highest level directors of, of athletics at UCLA who think that this proposed move to the Big Ten is a good idea. Every argument made by these senior athletic directors and why they like it is about money. These same proponents of moving to the Big Ten are the first people I have ever encountered in my life who have claimed economic hardship and limitations in Los Angeles and that the solution lies in the Midwest. I have made my feelings known privately to the powers that be in the state of California, including the UC's Board of Regents. My hope and dream is that this proposed move by UCLA, my alma mater, will be rescinded. Bill Walton, UCLA, 1974. As you read that, I hear the Midwest. I hear money. I hear that wasn't part of the plan. Is it your heart that hurts when you hear UCLA to the Big Ten? Is it your head that hurts? What, where does this come from? It's everything. History teaches us that people fled the Midwest to come to the promised land, the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12. And now, after everybody has come here and created the dream, the, the greatest place on earth in every way, now top-level officials are trying to bail themselves out of UCLA's financial morass with a supposed hundred million dollar debt how did that ever happen by selling their souls back to the big ten yikes what is going on here i am heartbroken i am sad and i am devastated i am disappointed you name the negative emotions john and they're happening in my life and i just hope that gavin and the Board of Regents, they say, no, 
we are not going to allow this to happen. This is not in our best interest. This is not what UCLA, this is not what the University of California system of public education. California has this remarkable, you know, we have 40 million people in our state, and we have the 10 or 11 UC schools, we have the 23 California State University state colleges, and then we have the 120-plus community colleges. And all of them are fantastic, and all of them are hugely responsible for the quality of life that we have and the fifth largest economy in the entire world just by itself, California. And when you look at the other states in the Conference of Champions, Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, we'll put Nevada in there too because that's where so many of our championships are competed for in Las Vegas. I mean, this is the promised land. This is where people want to be. 70% of UCLA's alumni live in the Pacific time zone in the West Coast. This is about our community. I never, never in my life, John, thought about, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I was part of the Big Ten? And I want to know how many of the, when I say 600 athletes, student-athletes at UCLA, that doesn't count the 90 to 100 football players. So say there's 700, 700 student-athletes receiving aid, receiving scholarships, receiving opportunities and help from the school to be part of the athletic department. How many of those 700 were consulted about this move to the Big Ten? Because when they all signed up, they all signed up before June 30th, 2022. And all of a sudden, like the rest of us, we woke up that day to the news. Oh, my gosh. What is happening? Why are we doing that? I have never met anybody in my circle of friends, in my world here in California, in the Conference of Champions. I'm a... I'm an adopted son of the state of Oregon. I love Washington, Arizona. We have so many ties there. Utah, the promised land, Colorado, Las Vegas will be there this weekend. But it's just fantastic. I've never met anybody, John, who just said, wow, you know, things aren't happening for me here. I think I'm just going to go to the Midwest and make it. That's just, it's beyond me. And I am, I am in disbelief. I'm still in shock. I still, uh, and just beside myself in every way, and I just hope that with the passage of time and the perspective that the, the smartest people that we have will look around and say, what, what are we doing? We're going to leave Los Angeles. We're going to leave the Conference of Champions where we have all our tradition, all our legacy, all our history, all the great successes, all our natural rivalries, and we're going to go to the Big Ten and fly, have our student-athletes fly across the country every week, and, and the toll that's going to take on every aspect of their life and how that's going to negatively impact the, their experience at UCLA. I loved my time at UCLA. I had the time of my life. I couldn't believe it when they told me I had to leave. But here's this situation where we've got all these things going down here, and just with the increased costs and the contrary position of 
what UCLA, the entire UC system, the entire state of California is about in terms of our environmental sustainability goals. And now we're just going to be putting everybody on airplanes flying across the country all the time here. And the, the fact that this is going to negatively impact Berkeley and a place that my dad, my sister both graduated from, and the fact that we're supposed to be a team out here. Now, this, this is, it is so frustrating to me and so disappointing, John, because so many people have worked so hard to create opportunities for young people come to UCLA. And UCLA is the most applied to school in the country. The last count I saw was 160,000, 160,000 applicants that enroll at UCLA. 700 of those are athletes. They all came to UCLA thinking, okay, we're part of the Pac-12 Conference of Champions. This is us. This is where we live. And now all of a sudden they're going to pull a bait and switch and change the rules of the game midstream. I don't understand that whatsoever. Will somebody please come to their senses and realize that this is not a good idea? The Regents will meet mid-November. Have you have you got that message to the regents? Do you have you talked with yes, them? Have you yes. testified? I'm what in, what have you said? I am in. I, I have not testified. I have not filed any affidavits. I will make sure that that they see this public printed statement. But this public printed statement, uh, which was released today by you, that has been in the works since June thirtieth, and all the comments that I make on a regular basis to the UC regions. That, that those are all part and parcel of what I have put together here. The only thing that's really new in my public statement is the title, UCLA's Wrong Turn, which came to me just yesterday. Because while I was ruminating about coming on your show with John Wilner today, and thank you for that privilege, coming on this show on the radio, thank you for this privilege. But I was looking for the title, you know, because the title is very important. And it was, I'm thinking about, okay, mistakes made in life and, and, and how that all plays out. And nobody's made more mistakes than me, John. None of the mistakes that I made were conscious decisions of, yeah, I'm just going to do the wrong thing here. It just turned out to be wrong. Well, this decision by UCLA is the wrong decision. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, what's the classic storyline of the wrong decision? And that was Tom Wolfe's novel from the six, uh, uh, from the 1980s, uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, and Sherman McCoy, and he made the wrong turn. And from there, everything fell apart. And so I put the title on it, uh, on this work in progress, UCLA's wrong turn, I hope it does not happen. I hope that calmer heads prevail. People look at each other and say, you know, that's not in anybody's best interest. It'd be hell of a comeback. It would be a, a, a great story ending. It would be fine. And the Pac-12 would welcome UCLA back. And, the, and the, 
the Pac-12 nation, UCLA nation, would be ecstatic. Uh, I, I have yet to speak to anyone who, who thinks this is a good idea, other than a couple of people at the very top of UCLA athletic departments. And I'm still waiting for an explanation of the how did a school like UCLA, with supposedly the smartest people in the world, get into a $100 million debt in athletics? Please. Does, has anybody explained to you, if UCLA backtracks, how the finances or the deal would work with Fox and the Big Ten or the legality of that part of the equation? Has anybody talked with you about that, Bill? No. There, there's part because, of me. Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. No, I, there's just part of me wondering, you know, at, where is the point of no return in with this? Because I'm with you. I'm a purist. I'm a traditionalist. I grew up on the western part of the United States. The Pacific, Co- you know, ten conference was, you know, UCLA belongs in in its in its region in, with its geography. It's like fighting a force of mother nature, but. I wonder if that you know too much has been signed, or maybe the deal is done. My hope is that Gavin and the Board of Regents say no, and that UCLA exceeded its autonomy and authority, and you can't make a decision like this. Uh, without the approval of the people that run the whole show. And, you know, basically, UCLA has quit on the Pac-12. And that, to me, is not right. It's unethical. And it's the antithesis of everything that I know that UCLA and UCLA's greatness and historical impact and impact, this is contrary to everything that UCLA has always stood for. And there is no commonality between the Pac-12 Conference of Champions and the Big Ten. This is, they're there, and I'm glad that they're there, and I'm glad that I'm the Conference of Champions. We are the best in every way. We do not have truck stops in our conference. We have the best of athletics, of academics, of science, of of, uh, culture, of society. You go right down, geography, you go right down the list, John, and everything we have is the best. And that's why we're the Conference of Champions, and that is a historical fact. Bill Walton, uh, you will be doing basketball broadcasts here in short order. How, um, how important it is, is it for you, you know, because you, uh, you have been known to, uh, to, to uh, wander during the broadcast, which I love, um, how important is it to you to to uh, be able to talk a little bit about this in the coming weeks, or how important would it be for you to be able to tell the story of UCLA returning to the Pac-12? I'm telling this story today, John, and I will continue to tell it, but the broadcast is about the games. We just had Pac-12 Media Day last Wednesday, 
in San Francisco at the Pac-12 offices for the last time. Where the offices are being closed down, and it's now a virtual company, which is fine. But it was such an inspirational day. I mean, it was fantastic in every way. Uh, I... The night before I was in Los Angeles, Lori and I were with the Wolf Pack at the L.A. Greek Theater, fired up. It was incredible. John Mayer came and played with all the guys, got to bed as early as I possibly could, couldn't sleep, got up, Burbank Airport, Oakland, car into San Francisco. From the minute I walked in that door, it was phenomenal to see all the coaches to see Bobby Hurley, to see Tommy Lloyd, to see Andy Enfield, to see Mick Cronin, to see uh, Mark Fox, to see Jared Haas, to see Dana Altman, to see Wayne Tinkle, to see uh, Mike Hopkins, to see Kyle Smith, to see Craig Smith at Utah, to see Ted Boyle in Colorado, to see all the players they brought. Now, I get to witness these guys grow up. And I get to see them mature and develop. And I was just so fired up. It was a fantastic experience. And I'm looking forward to this season so much because there was such greatness last year with Arizona and the remarkable run. UCLA back in the national picture because of the brilliance of Mick Cronin and all he does. Andy Enfield, he's on. Andy Enfield is the most successful coach in the history of USC. And he's just done a phenomenal job there. Jared Hass has got a real team. Mark Fox is really building it. It's, it's happening throughout the conference, and I can't wait. But, and the reporters there at Pac-12 Media, they, they were all asking me the same questions that you're asking me. And my comment, as I just declined to answer any of the questions about this, today about UCLA's wrong turn was that, look, this is about these guys playing today. This Let's let them have their moment. And we are taking away from their moment if we use their games, their moment in, in the spotlight to, to deny them that chance. Because all anybody ever really wants in life is a chance, a chance to be part of something special. I had that chance. I tried to make the most of it. And that's what all these guys are doing. So when the games are going on, uh, this will not be a topic. And It's another one of the reasons why I decided to do this today with you and John Wilner, who are the proponents of all good things Pac-12. You guys have been on this. But you're on every aspect of the conference. And it's just something that I turned down during the previous four months, even though you and John Wilner were calling every day and all the other guys were calling. And, but I just turned it all down and because I wanted George Kay, our great commissioner, to have a chance to do what he's doing and to try to do what's best for the Pac-12. What's best for the Pac-12 is that UCLA comes back into the Pac-12, we get new media rights deals, we go on and move forward and think like, act like, and become what we truly are. The Pac-12, the conference of champions with no truck stops here. As you're speaking, I'm thinking, you know, it's interesting, you're channeling some John Steinbeck, the Grapes of Wrath. Remember Tom Joad came, they were headed west, they yeah. were... 
looking for opportunity and, and this feels also backwards even if you look at the rams the rams went to st louis but what did they do they turned around and came back to la it didn't, didn't work didn't work right well there's nothing like the conference of champions and when you're when you're here all the time you tend to just take it for granted and you tend to think that every place else is just like this too until you go to these other places and you realize my goodness no wonder everybody left here to go to california and oregon the oregon trail the greatest land migration in the history of the world and, and the northwest and just how fantastic and incredible in the land of timothy egan the land of daniel james brown and then you get down to the, the arizona and hampton sides and and, and and up in nevada and utah and, and peter cozen and colorado yeah the launching pad to the universe and all these remarkable people who are here doing spectacular things and now we just have to be better and we have to all convince UCLA on the errors of their wrong turn. And the only way that really happens when you look at change of mistaken policy, and that's what this is, John. This is a, a, a policy mistake that, that somebody, it could not have been too many people because nobody knew about it until mm. June 30th, 2022, when we all yeah. woke up. The news. And do you feel so, do you feel yeah. misled by that that piece of it? Because I know a lot of people in the Pac-12 felt like the rug got pulled out from under them. Like, you know, why didn't UCLA and USC uh, talk with the Pac-12 and say, "Hey, look, we're unhappy. Let's have a conversation about how we fix it." They some people feel misled. Do you feel misled? The rug's been pulled out. I mean, you know, if you're going to make a, a, a momentous decision like this that impacts everybody. I mean, UCLA is a foundational pillar of our community. It is an incredible place located right in the center, physically, physically the center of the economic hub of as great an economy as there is in the world. I mean, there's this campus right there, the hills of Westwood, surrounded Whichever way you go, you got Bel Air, you got Brentwood, you got Santa Monica, you got Century City, and you got Beverly Hills. And you're telling me that you cannot get it done in that environment with that kind of support, with that kind of commitment from the alumni, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, my future's in the Midwest. I don't buy it. And all they would have had to do is float this in the newspaper, and they would have understood and realized immediately that nobody was interested in this. Nobody except an accountant and somebody who saw a big pile of money from whatever source and where it's coming from would always beware. The choices and decisions that we make in our lives, you know, somebody comes and offers you a big pile of cash, you know, ask them where they got it. And what, and what do you got to do? What and what do you got to do to get it? And then, and then go look in the mirror and say, "Who am I? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? Choices, decisions. Jackson Brown standing in the breach. What side are you on?" 
I get the impression, and not just the impression, I think I know that Bill Walton is not motivated by money. You know, it. where did you get that? Where did that come from? Well, Talk I to you. Motivated by money. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I work for money every day. I'm a freelance worker. I love to work. I'm a workaholic, drives Lori, the children crazy, but I just love to work. But, you know, I'm, I'm out there scrambling every single day. And I learned a long time ago that while I would love to do everything for free, life is not free. And so I work all the time. It drives Lori and our business people in our, in our world, drives them crazy because I just want to give it all away all the time. But I was <laughs> uh, super lucky in my life in that people have always been nicer to me than I deserve. And I just keep going. I try to do the best I can every single moment, every because you know, every breath we're at the fork in the road. And so many people in my life have just been these incredible spiritual forces of nature, from my parents to my first coach, Rocky, to Chick Hearn and John Wooden, to UCLA, to the NBA, to the Blazers, to Stanford Law School, uh, to the Boston Celtics, to the network broadcasting opportunities that I have. And, you know, I, I, but I just keep going all, all the time. I love to work. And... And I want to keep working. I have, I have zero intention of ever retiring. I just, you know, my, in my life, I, my first coach, he worked to the day he died. Chick Hearn died on the job. John Wood to the day he died. Red Auerbach to the day he died. Jack Ramsey to the day he died. Jerry Garcia. You know, Bob Dylan, 81, still going. Grateful Dead, still driving, still pushing out there. That's what I want to do. And I, I love being involved in the game, the game of life. And that's what the Pac-12 Conference of Champions is to me. Because I get to spend my time on these college campuses with guys who are working so hard to create their futures. And, and they're just so full of hope, which I, I lived one more time at the Pac-12 Media Day. And, and now we're going to take the best and the brightest of our young people, and we're going to have them fly across the country every week. I've done that, John. <laughs> that is not good for you. And when my spine failed 14 years ago, February 24, 2008, not that I remember the date, the first time I went and found Steve Garfin, my, my ultimate spine surgeon at UCSD, which Jim Gray was able to find for me, Dr. Garfin looked at me and he said, well, what do you do for a living? I said, I fly across the country three times a week. And he said, well, you've got to stop doing that. And he was ever so right. And when I look at these young people who, you know, to be on campus, to be with the guys, and, 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 and as opposed to, as opposed to just always traveling somewhere else. And in, in the conference of champions, you know, we're already here. There's no need to go anyplace else. They will come to us. It reminds me of the time you know, in the Lakers Celtic finals runs out. We're, we're already all done. Nobody's playing. None of us are playing anymore, right? Yeah. But we're there as, as you know, alumni of the Celtic Lakers rivalry, right? And, and we're in the chairman's club at the at the 
uh, at Ben Staples, now crypto, and we're over in a big, huge halftime crowd, and I'm standing with Chief and Bill Russell, me and Kevin, and, uh, and, and we, I look across the room, and there's Kareem and James Worthy and Magic over there, and I say, come on, let's go over there and say hi, guys. Bill Russell put his hand on my forearm. He said, hold on. They'll come to us. And they did. <laughs> and, and we are the conference of champions. They will come to us. And uh, I just, it, it is such a privilege and such an honor to be a part of something so special. And that's what John Wooden, that was his recruiting pitch to me as to why I should come to UCLA. Because it's a special place. I want and to read. Now, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, go I, I want ahead. to read. I want to read something to you because I, I published your letter uh, today at johnconzano.com and uh, I, I opened the comments just now as you were talking. And I've never like when I write something, Bill. It's polarizing often. Like people will debate in the comment section. But I want to tell you, like as I re as I scroll through the comments. Michelle says, thanks for writing this bill. I wholeheartedly agree. It's a travesty. It's fueled by uh, horrific vices of unbridled capitalism. Doug says, 100% agree. James says, could not agree more, and I'm an Arizona alumni. Ben says, 100% agree with you, Bill. Uh, Mark says, uh, you know what? His points are spot on. Al says, hey, uh, I love that he's using his education. Um, it, Richard says, this is fantastic. It's time for people to stand up. I mean, it's 100%. In support, how does that make you feel? In my life, John, the decisions that I've made, a lot of them were wrong. But think back to when it was little Billy, really little Billy, 9, 10, 11, making the choices. And, you know, my, early, my earliest sports heroes on the national scale were Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali. My earliest social heroes were Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King. I never got to meet Bobby. I know his family, I know his wife. I was just there at the house the other day in, in Cape Cod. Uh, never got to meet Martin Luther King. They were both killed when I was in high school and assassinated. And my musical heroes growing up as a child. And I start, I grew up in a classical music household. My dad, you talked about Steinbeck and uh, I forget the thing you said about the uh, road of toad or something like yeah, that. Yeah. What? Tom Joad and great grapes of Tom wrath. Joad, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So my dad who grew up in the central Valley, as did my wife, Lori, uh, opposite ends. Lori's up in Tracy, right in the middle, right near the Delta. My dad grew up in the very Southern part of, the Central Valley. His parents were school, public school teachers. His parents were public school administrators. So my dad grows up in this world of the grapes of wrath and everything, and he goes to Berkeley. And this is this is in the late 30s and early 40s. And he's an honor student at Berkeley, and he's just having the time of his life. And he gets drafted. He gets drafted into World War II and ends up fighting on the ground in France and Germany. And please, if you're trying to understand fighting on the ground in France and Germany, please read Daniel James Brown's most recent book, Facing the Mountain, the 442. Oh, my gosh. My dad comes back from France and Germany fighting on the ground, comes to San Diego, 
never says a word about the war, but spends the rest of his life trying to convince people to get along. And so here I have this incredible life, positive, optimistic. I find sports, not through my parents, but through my first coach. And then when the Chargers, the Chargers moved to San Diego in 1961 or 62, and they chose as their public practice facility a public park that was a half mile, three quarters of a mile from our family home. And where my mom recently passed away after living there for 69 years. And so here it was. I'd ride my bike, my skateboard up to the park every day and cling on the fence. I'm nine years old. And the Chargers would come out. And every one of these guys, from Sid Gilman to John Hagel to Jack Kemp to Tobin Rote, Gary Garrison, Lance Allwood, all these guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I could go right through the whole list. But every day they would come over. They had no idea who I was, what my name was. Really. They just looked at me and said, hey, man, it's great to see you. And they couldn't have been nice. Ron Mix, Earl Faison, Ernie Ladd. Keith Lincoln, Paul Lowe, phenomenal. Everyone, they're all in the Hall of Fame today. And here I am, nine years old, and they're just being super nice to me. And then when I was 14, the NBA expanded to San Diego. And here I am, and I had a key to our gym. I'm I'm a, a sophomore in high school, and I'm... all of a sudden they find out that I got a key to the best gym in town. And so Jim Barnett, a lifetime in the NBA, still with the Warriors broadcast. Pat Riley, as great as they are ever. And, hey, you know, he was on the team. John hey, Bill, the Bill, career, yeah. we're going to run out of, you're going to run, we're going to run out of time. We've blown through some commercial breaks. We've got about a minute here. Um, anything okay. you want, anything you want to hammer here? It, people can listen to the Konzano and Wilner podcast, but go I ahead. Was trying to make is, the point I was trying to make is that the satisfaction with your choices, my life, started with hope, opportunity, and purpose that was given to me by all these people in my life, including UCLA. From hope, opportunity, and purpose, I evolved, I grew, I expanded to include pride, loyalty, and gratitude. Five, the satisfaction with our choices. I am proud that I went to UCLA. I'm super happy with that choice. I am disappointed and sad at this wrong turn. Loyalty. Does any of this matter? Do we care? Yeah. I'm a Conference of Champions guy. That's why I'm here today. I'm standing up for the Conference of Champions. And then gratitude. The appreciation, the respect, the acknowledgement, the, the recognition of the people who went before us. The recognition that I have for you. And John Wilder, who every single day are battling for our Conference of Champions, the, the, all the student-athletes yes. who are out there trying to create their lives. I am grateful. I went with my spine from 14 years ago from trying to make it that I am alive, that I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And that's where I am today. I want to keep yeah. that going. I believe in sustainability. I believe in loyalty. Thank you, John Canzano. Thank you, Bill Walton. Dreams. Thank you for my life. I am alive. Uh, Bill Walton, I'm thank the you. i guy in the world. <laughs> thank you, Bill Walton. All right, uh, I appreciate you and everything you're doing. We'll take phone calls. Bill Walton. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.